your favorite fat boys. Stefan, aka Mayhem, aka Officer Lethal Weapon, aka we getting too old for this shit. Ain't we though? Ain't we though? What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in and uh, showing up for your favorite Fat Boys podcast. We back together again. Look at yeah, that. Yeah, we we back. <laughs> High five. <laughs> yeah, sanitizing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> So, quick update. Uh, obviously, we're in person again. I have fully recovered from my surgery, and I can sit on my ass again. He, I saw him twerking on his way in, <laughs> into my house. Because I was happy that I could sit down. <laughs> so, I'm doing a whole lot better uh, these days. I, like I said, I fully recovered from my surgery, and things are looking up. I feel a lot better. I'm starting to feel like the 2019 version of Jerome, which was, y'all saw dialysis, but I felt a whole lot better, and I'm starting to feel like that way now. 2020 was just not was not a good year for me. It was very rough. I had, uh, had pneumonia, had blood clots, then I caught this infection, and if I caught COVID, I probably would be here talking to y'all now. You guys don't know how much. This would have been an update about how the show was over. <laughs> Because I just don't know how much strength I would have had. My body would have had it to, to fight COVID, really, in all honesty. So, uh, it's, it's, it's been a struggle. But I'm, I'm glad that I, you know, the doctor's help and many doctors I have and friends that I have, you know, praying for me, you know, keeping me on my toes like Stefan, you know, keep my spirits up high and, you know, just pushing through and, I'm just looking forward to, you know, enjoying the rest of the, the year and, you know, doing more of the podcast. And me and Stefan got something coming and uh, something, you know, something new in May for y'all. Hope you, hope y'all enjoy it. So we had, we had another chapter to the, the Fat Boy, what is it, the Fat Boy YouTube page? Yeah, the Fat yeah. Boy, uh, your favorite Fat Boy's YouTube page. So anything going on with you? I mean, nothing much. <laughs> I mean, myself, much like you, we've, Taking the first steps to surviving the rest of this year. Yeah, we got vaccinated. Well, we got the first shot. Yay! And it wasn't it wasn't Johnson Johnson. It wasn't no equate. It wasn't no great value. We got the Moderna. I don't I don't know what you got. I got the great value shot. <laughs> <laughs> I know they said that the vaccine's supposed to be free, but I was making sure it was cheap. <laughs> You got coupons for just Because <laughs> <laughs> the Pfizer, did I say that right? Pfizer. Pfizer. The Pfizer vaccine, when it, it just came out recently, I think they said that you might have to get that annually. Or like a or maybe a booster. Yeah, or any of them, you'll probably end up having to get a booster. Okay. Because at this point, there's so many mutations of COVID. It's, like I said, many moons ago that it may end up like the flu where it's just going to be around with us forever. Mm-hmm. So it's looking like it might be that way. 
Well, I got vaccinated. I'm, I'm getting my uh, my second shot. We're recording. This is a Saturday, so I get my next shot on Monday coming up. And I get my <clears> next <throat> shot the following week. So we'll be fully vaccinated by then. And uh, I, I encourage everybody to research getting the vaccine. I understand people are scared or worried about the side effects of it. And me and stuff, I have a conversation the day about it. And I didn't have no problem taking the vaccine. I was I would, I would strongly encourage my doctors to take the vaccine. But one thing to put me put it one thing to help me put it in perspective was that this vaccine is a boost to your immune system. So if you have a side effect, it's because your body's kind of old working to compensate for the boost in your immune system. It's the same way <clears throat> for when I had uh, taken I was taking antibiotics and antibiotics were, were helping to fight an infection. One side effects of that antibiotics though was that I was having I was throwing up and I was having uh I was shitting, I was shitting all the time, I was having diarrhea. So my body was overworking itself pretty much because they give me such a high dose of antibiotics. So it's it kind of the same way with the 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 uh, vaccine shot. If you have a side effect that like you get a headache, you feel tired, people people like you know have other symptoms. Yeah, that is just your body's way of letting you know that it's the immune system is kicking into overdrive to get a foreign entity out. And again, for anybody who doesn't know much about these vaccines, they do not contain the coronavirus in put, the vaccine. I will definitely put oh. that a big ass banner at the bottom that says they do not contain the coronavirus. In. Yeah, they don't contain the coronavirus. And it's, it, it's, it's going to do more more good than harm. So I, I strongly encourage you, but you know, I'm no doctor, so please do your research. And, you know, make the best choice for you and your families, you know, that will help y'all. And when we say do your research, we don't mean find the one thing that confirms your bias and stick with that. Yeah. You know, then just because you no way that somebody else gets it to see what happens to them. You know, you someone's going out a lot or been around a lot of people. I want to trust that, that, you know, that, oh, well, you know, I don't have to have it. I'm going out still, but you don't want to, you know, catch it. And you get like a worse, a worse case of it because you know people get mild symptoms. They got quarantined for so many days, and that's the least you know that you have to worry about when it comes to Corona. Right. But you get a bad case of it, then what? You're in the hospital and you got to be on the ventilator. I don't know. I don't know if they're still doing that at this point. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They are. <laughs> so you know, I don't want to see nobody, you know, not take the proper precautions and just be ignorant and not do their research and. For whoever needs to hear this, because there are a lot of you who do, Facebook is not a legitimate source for information. Just because somebody posted it on Facebook does not make it true. I don't know how many goddamn coronavirus vaccine conspiracy theories that I've heard from people because they saw it on fucking Facebook. No. <laughs> don't don't trust anything you see on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I mean, you can take those things, maybe just take it as a grain of salt, I would say. But, you know, do your own research and make a decision there. And, and everybody, please be safe where you master. And again, I, I still have an issue with the whole do your own research. Do your own research that are backed by legitimate scientific sources. No doubt seven. None of that bullshit. Legitimate scientific resources. Please and thank you. Uh, so before we jump into um, our topics for today, I want, I want to say 
I'm doing better. I'm happy. Stefan's doing good. He's like, he's been fine. Nobody worries about him too much anyway. So. Yeah, you should. <laughs> Our topics for the day are unfortunately we talk we gotta talk about these police shootings again. Let's call them extrajudicial murders. I'm not saying that's a mouthful. <laughs> but that's what they are. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, we will talk about uh, the killing of Dante Wright, a 20-year-old that was killed uh, by a police officer mistakenly grabbing her gun for her. She was trying to grab her taser, but grabbed her sidearm. But was, we'll, we'll get into the that yeah, as well. And we'll talk about the Derek Chauvin guilty verdict. He was found guilty in all three charges. And also yeah. then the same day... Hmm? <laughs> that was me going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta wait for the second scene. <laughs> and then we'll also talk about the Ohio police shooting of Micaiah. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I believe it's Micaiah. Micaiah Brown. Maybe I will look at that. You know. As she called police for help. So there's a whole lot, you know, involving that story there within itself. What's up with Dante, right? Can you brief run down with, with that? He. He got pulled over. Yeah, it was a routine traffic stop. But they said they were talking for air fresheners. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, they they made it a point of they saw air fresheners in the window or something. Yeah, in, in hanging from the rear, the rear mirror. mirror. And I don't, maybe there's a problem with that. I have absolutely no idea. At this point, I'm going to do something. Minneapolis is off the list. <clears throat> but yeah, they was they saw air fresheners hanging in the rear view mirror. They pulled him over. And I think maybe they found like he had a warrant. Yeah, he had a warrant for his arrest. That he pled, he pled guilty. I think, I think it was either for weed or or drug or gun charge. But whatever it was, he he pled guilty and he didn't go to court because of the pandemic. Yeah, so he had a failure to a warrant for failure to appear, and from there it cascaded into him being murdered. Yeah, so they as he got the car, he they I think he asked like what for. They really say. And they did say they did say something about the air freshness. Well, I guess that's why they pulled him over. And the scuffle broke out. The officer says she grabbed yeah, grab for a so taser. He, went, he raced to his he got back in his car to try to leave. Yeah. To try to pull it, just peel the fuck out. Which again, does not warrant you being murdered. I've said this before and I say it again. Not following police orders is not a state of execution. Right. And so he gets back into his car to try to leave. And she grabs her sidearm, which she confused with her taser, and she shot him. And he drove off, and he drove it. He hit, he think he hit, I think he hit another vehicle, and he died on, I don't think he died, I won't say he died on the scene, but it took, it took them a while to get him medical attention, and then he died from his uh, his injury. So the big, the, the big conversation surrounding that is, why is the taser... Shaped like a gun. How can you mistake the taser for a gun? You know, was the officer too aggressive? Could they have done something differently? See, I, well, the first question, why is the taser shaped like a gun, makes sense because of the weird way in which we train officers. We train officers to shoot. Mm-hmm. So you make the taser something familiar to them, something that they shoot. But the fact that she confused her taser with her sidearm in the heat of the moment. And this is a 26-year veteran. 26 years. And she confused her taser with her sidearm. They are shaped similar, but different enough. And they weigh 
differently. They feel different. And the fact that she confused the two and pulled the trigger shows that the training of police officers in America, because this is not a one-off. This happens a lot, yeah. actually. This is not a one-off. The training of police in America needs to be reevaluated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. For a 26-year-old 20 vet to mistaken her... And the trainer of other police officers. Yeah, she's a trainer, too. To mistaken her taser, you know, her gun for the taser, and not and, and not notice any subtle differences like in weight, shape, or feel, and just still go off and let and let the gun go off still, or, just, or shoot him. Period. It's like, what the hell are y'all doing? And then the fact that her thought process for an individual, a suspect fleeing the scene, is to grab my piece, regardless of if it's my taser or if it's my gun. He's fleeing the scene. He is not a threat if he's trying to run away. Right. He's not trying to confrontation. Right. I'm not trying to fight you. I'm trying to flee. I'm no longer a threat. Why do you need to pull out any kind of weapon? I think the approach is is what needs to you know needs to be uh, reevaluated re- as well. Like if you are pulling a suspect over for whatever reason, traffic violation, and then you see they have a warrant, I think that needs to be made clear that to the to the person you're about to arrest. You have a warrant. We're going to arrest you. At some, at some point, that you, whether you get them in the car, yeah, they're in the car. But it's, it's, I think it should be known that I'm going to arrest you for this reason. Now, if they take off, then you take you then you pursue. I don't think arrests need to be made during routine traffic stops. Okay. If I pull you over, your taillight is out, and then I run your record, and I see that you have a warrant for your arrest. I'll just take your information and then I'll inform base that this person that I just stopped has a warrant out for his arrest. Maybe at some point during the day, send some people. I don't need to do it right the fuck now. So, so in a, in a different environment then. Like, right. Like where, where you can be, where you can prepare for an incident that may occur. Okay. Not, I'm going to cause an incident right here and right now. That makes sense. So you are one police officer. And we I, we know, obviously, the training is not great. Why do you want to put yourself in that situation? Said so this individual has a warrant out for his arrest. I'm going to make note of the car. I'm going to make note of his license and registration. So at some point, we can send some people to get him. Right. Why do I need to do it right then and right there? He is not an immediate threat. That's a good question to, to ask. Like, why Like why we, why we doing this kind of stuff at, you know, traffic stops? If it's traffic related, then let it be that and give a ticket and move on. But if it's, if it's something that's going to Possibly could escalate. You need to, I guess, be better prepared for it in a sense. Yeah, we, we're treating petty criminals, making petty mistakes like they're Pablo fucking Escobar. Yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> and it makes no sense. Again, we really need to reevaluate, one, the training, and two, the policies in place. Like, why Why is that the thing? Oh, he hasn't worn out of his arrest for failure to appear. I need to arrest him now. You're eventually going to arrest him, but is, is, not right, is, is that moment right now, right down there, the best moment? And I think, too, he's 20, year, he's 20 years old. He knows what he's done. He's seen the news. He's probably terrified. He could be he could be scared for his life. Probably what he ran anyway. So Obviously. So, right, yeah. Who wants to go to jail? Right. And, you know, or who wants something to happen to them? And, unfortunately, he, something did happen to him. I think your approach, your training, all that needs to be reevaluated. And, you know, whoever watches this video and thinks to themselves, well, he's a criminal. He should have never resisted arrest. Doesn't fucking matter. I would hope that police officers would take criminals as well as innocent people if they make a mistake without killing them. Criminals 
don't need to be killed by the police either. That's what we have the whole law and justice thing for. Said so if you're a criminal, you're supposed to get due fucking process. You're not supposed to just be extrajudicially murdered. And and you know, one thing, one other, one other thing that comes up when you when killed by police, when it's black or brown people, is when you see them being killed by police on camera or from the body camera, would it be cell phone footage? But then you see what was that? What was that kid named Kyle Ritten, Rittenbaugh? Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse walk around the AR-15, shoot two people, wound a third person, and he doesn't get arrested. But yet, y'all about to y'all y'all going ham on on Dante. Not Brown. even not get arrested. This this shows you kind of the mindset. It said it came out I think a few weeks ago. They revealed there was a leak, and they revealed like some anonymous donors to the defense fund, and a lot of them were Republicans in Congress and police officers, yeah. current police officers. So it shows you where their level of support is. But even outside of that, just the police killing anyone, not even just black people, because they kill white people too. They kill everybody. There's a lot of extrajudicial murders by the police. That really should not be happening. And this is just a clear case of one that should not be fucking happening. It really shouldn't. There should be, there's going to be a different way to just be handled. And going forward, Derek Chauvin, 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 Chauvin was found guilty on all three uh, murder charges. So, this. Yay! The murderer who everybody witnessed murder the person that he murdered got convicted for murder. Hooray for the bare minimum. <laughs> the fuck? So, I feel like in the last few years, we just, well, we did the, we saw this podcast in what, 2019? Right. And we've covered, I don't know how many police shootings. Probably about five or six, I think. Yeah, yeah, we, it, really the main, the main state. Ones. Yeah, the main, you know, the big events. Yeah, the main Because there have been hundreds. Yeah. Because so I, I think he, he, between the time that Chauvin got put on trial to the time that they announced the verdict, there was between, I think, like 110, 120 police shootings in that time frame in like 22 days. So, yeah, we, we just cover the big ones. <laughs> Yeah, we go the ones that come across Instagram. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, so yeah, in that time frame, in the time frame of 22 days, there have been at least 110 to 120 police police shootings. Y'all just trigger happy. I was like, y'all must wake up. Like, I'm gonna, y'all can't wake up saying you want to shoot somebody. But maybe y'all do. I'm, I'm not saying that because they do have a thing in police training. It's called warrior training, mm-hmm. where they are trained that you are the wolves. Everybody who's not one of the wolves is a sheep. And this is an actual police training. You should look it up. It's fucking ridiculous. Jeez. And they get that mindset like, you know, I'm, I'm a wolf. I'm the man in charge. Everybody else is an enemy. They sheep. And I need to do what I need to do. So, again, the police training is completely nuts in all fronts. It needs to be reevaluated. Policies need to be reevaluated. And police officers need to be held accountable, especially when you realize that cities have millions and millions of dollar payouts for police wrongful shootings, not just wrongful shootings, but just wrongful actions in general. Millions of dollars. And it's taxpayer money. The police officers. Yeah, we pay for it. We pay for the police to fuck up. (laughs) We pay for the police to fuck up. Right. I need a cut. So, yeah, it comes out of taxpayer money, so it doesn't. It's not affecting the police officer in the least. No, so when when the police officers are settling these these cases for you know wrongful death, so, you know wrongful death, uh, you know excessive force, when they settle in all these cases, it comes out of taxpayer dollars. 
Because even if you look at the, the Derek Chauvin case, sure, he was found guilty for murder, but it came out that, you know, prior to him murdering George Floyd, he had 17 other infractions for excessive force. Yeah. Why the fuck was he still a police officer? If I fuck up 17 times at my job, no, fuck it. If I fuck up two times at my job, they'll fire me. Yeah. He had 17 infractions for excessive force. He said, and this wasn't even the first time he put his knee in somebody's fucking back. No, they're looking into that now. The Department of Justice is looking into, I think that was an incident in 2017. They had it with a teenager. Yeah. Yeah, so. It was for, and he had his knee in his back for a longer period of time. He just, I guess he was young enough that he didn't die. I guess I guess he didn't have no fentanyl on the system. Did you think he would, he would, get, he would be found guilty? I did only because of all of the cosmic forces that were in play. Okay. I mean, there was completely damning video. There was a lot of political pressure. There was a lot of social political pressure. I mean, protesting riots. Yeah. So if all of these forces didn't come together and, you know, and the young girl who decided that she was going to keep on filming, none of this shit. He would have not been convicted. And actually the video, I think, was nine minutes and 26 seconds, not eight minutes and 46 seconds. So yeah. it's like an extra minute on the video. Right. And, and then the fact of the matter is, like, if all of these things didn't come into play, like, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, all of the protests, rioting in, in the streets, if all of those things didn't come into play, he would have got off. Because if you look at the original police report that the media had put out, mm. that, that, that the police had given them, when George uh, Floyd was first killed, it tells a completely different story than yeah. what the video showed. It definitely does. I read it in it. He definitely downplayed. Um, oh, yeah. Everything is completely downplayed. Yeah. And the media ran with it because, you know, you trust the police source. Yeah, because the media always paints us, black people, as, you know, we're, 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 the, we're the wrongdoer regardless. And they always bring up his past and, you know, and someone's past, like, well, George Floyd was on drugs or he got a new third time and oh, I mean, he was the third and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, we, what, we, what's, what's that do with the moment at hand? Yeah, we talked about this before. You got to paint the victim in a bad light. It's called victim blaming and we do it all the time with rape victims. Hmm. Why were you wearing that? Why were you in that area? Why were you out at that time of night? Like any of the any of the shit that happened to you perpetrated by somebody else was your fault. You asked for it. Why did George Floyd have some counterfeit money? Why was he doing drugs? Like why why did he have that altercation with the police? If he was a good guy, maybe the police wouldn't have killed him. So yeah, we, you always have to deal with that any anytime, especially when it's a, coming from a place of authority. You got a victim blame. I was surprised by the guilty verdict. I was I was happy that his family, you know, got that. You know, given all the evidence that was at hand, the the tape, his back. I don't think his overall record as a police officer came in to play that much on the trial. Right. But to learn, you know, he had seventeen infractions. And just you know, he's not that good of an officer. He's, 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 you know, he used a lot of force. I mean, I wouldn't even say he's not that good of an officer <laughs> because they kept him as an officer. They did not fire him. They yeah. did not remove him from his occupation mm -hmm. after all of these incidences that he had. The question I would have is: How many infractions do you have to have before you get fired as a police officer? Well, one thing I will tell you is that. One of the most powerful unions in the country is the police union. Hmm. They will go to bat for their people when it suits them front and center. I mean, because you had an incident, I, I'll have to look up the woman's name, who was a police officer 15 years ago. She stopped her partner oh, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. from beating up, from strangling the suspect. Right. She had to physically fight him to get her partner off of this, <laughs> off of this suspect that he was strangling. And she was completely 
blackballed. She got fired. She couldn't get lost another job in the police office. She lost the pension, and it took 15 years for her to get vindicated. Yeah, she's got it back. Yeah, she, she just got it back. Like, I don't want to say like this week or last week, but like, yeah, like a month ago. Yeah, 15 years for her to get vindicated. So the police union will stop any any officer who they believe is doing what they're supposed to be doing, like a Derek Chauvin, who is, hey, I'm beating the fuck out of suspects. I'm a, I'm one of the good guys. They they will fight to keep him in. But if you turn your back, if you're the good cop that turns your back on the cops and say, hey, no, you're doing bad shit, fuck you, they toss you on the back. Exactly. So it doesn't matter how many infractions Derek Chauvin got. As long as he was doing his, he was getting those fractions for the police force, they're protected. And that's, the, and that's the problem we have with trying to get convictions and holding these cops account, accountable because the judge, the lawyers, the police union will support them. Oh, yeah. And it's it's very hard for prosecutors to prosecute cops. Because yeah. if, I, if I go after cops, if I need police officer assistance, if I'm going after somebody else and trying to prosecute somebody else, who's to say that they're going to help? Them? Oh, you prosecute cops. Fuck you. I'm not giving you any help. I'm not giving you any assistance. And we know how petty people can be. It's yeah. spiteful, so yeah, that, that's, a, that's that's a huge possibility. So, and the, and the system is designed so that police don't have to be held accountable for their actions. We know this. Yeah, one my, my mother was talking about this, and I, I don't, I'm not trying to try to not go too off topic, but she was bringing up the fact about when are we going to stop killing each other? When are we not going to rely on police so much? When are we going to you know possibly join the police force? And, you know, you know, police on communities. And I told my response to her was that how do we take down a system that was meant to last as long as it is? How do we take down a system that was built to, to keep us under their thumb, oppress us, and while they, you know, arise? I mean, I, I can tell you how. Invest money in the communities. Instead of investing money in the police force to police the communities, which we know does not lower crime rates, right. invest money in the community. Create opportunities within the community so that people don't need to do rob and sell you. drugs. <laughs> but I'm sorry, I have no reason to rob you to get money if I have if I have a means, a more legitimate means to get money. Because who wants to fuck do illegal shit to get money when you can lose all that in a second? But if I don't sell drugs, how the government gonna get their money? I mean, they always get their money. Oh. They ain't never had a problem getting their money. And if you want to drop the crime rates and you want to have police stop policing, stop investing in the police and invest in the community. We know that it works. Defund the police! We know that it works. You don't have to invest million dollars into a police force when you can just invest million dollars into the communities that need it. And, and when we say defund the police, we're not saying disband the police, get rid of them, get rid of them all together. Right, we talked about this before. Yeah, the police are needed for certain things, but it's been so many cases between the last episode we did on this till now, when someone has had a mental episode and you call the police and then they end up shooting or hurting the person or you know even killing them and it's like because they're not trained to handle it. exactly so you should have like i guess social workers come out there or some other division that you can create that can handle these type of that are, that are trained properly to handle situations to i mean me, if, I, if i'm an officer and i've had a, i've had a, a a trying day and then i get a call to help somebody that you know is having a a, a mental moment and, I, and and I, I might I might not use the right judgment. I might not count it in the right way because I've had a trying that on the fact that they're just not trained to handle it. Right. I mean, you make the wrong call. You shoot somebody. You hurt them. Hurt them too much. That's unnecessary. It's uncalled for. But you have you if you have a something a specialized unit in a sense 
that can handle that. Or in the fact that we don't train officers in de-escalation tactics. And we make sure that they are good shots, but we don't make sure that they have some crisis intervention. Well, hold, we, hold, on, hold, hold on to that because we're going to go segue to Assange Bob McCare Bryant. So, Derek Chauvin found guilty. Yay. But we'll wait for the sentencing. It's going to take another eight weeks. Yeah. Do you think he'll get like the, the full the full sentence? Because I think his, I think I've heard what I've read is that they consecutive. So he doesn't he he's not he will serve one after another, but he can get like the less amount for all those charges. Yeah, I would be remiss to believe that he's going to serve more than ten years. Mm. So, that's, what, that's, what, that's what the last lady got. Yeah, I, I would be. I would. Yeah, is it Botham? Botham. Yeah, Botham. Botham Jean. I, I would be remiss if he gets more than 10 years, but I, I can see him getting 10 years as to, you know, to placate the people. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I would be remiss if he gets more than 10. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he gets 20. I'm, I'm saying I'm hoping, but like he should get, he should, he, also, he should get what he deserves, you know, and just because he's a cop does not mean that she gets better treatment, but we know that's how, that's how she works sometimes. Right. So, you know, I guess we out of in the last few shootings that have happened, not few, but in the multiple police shootings that happened, it's like we got two. So hopefully this isn't a standard that with I won't say with video, but I guess we I guess when another police shooting happens and it isn't video, they get they get the day in they get the day in trial. Or you know, they'll serve the day in court having right. more just can't just be easily swept under the rug. Right. And then all the, all the evidence comes out, and then the jury makes a decision. So, but without that video, he probably got more. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Uh, absolutely. So absolutely. <laughs> so, Makai Bryant. Actually, let me let me read you this part real quick. Yeah. I got off uh, Instagram of someone who I believe that they 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 spoke they spoke with the family. The person that is not oh, the, the name is not important, but just I'm just reading this off of uh, the post. I went to the memorial yesterday and spoke with Makai Bryant family and friends. Those girls, one was a 28-year-old adult, had come to Makai's Bryant foster home three days in a row trying to fight her. The foster mom is the one who had the girls come fight Makai, claiming she was unruly. Everyone in the entire house was against Makai, and when her father came, she finally felt safe enough to come out and fight. And say, so imagine a 15-year-old thinking the process had to fight a 28-year-old and others. And her own foster mother calling, calling to her to have a beat up. Makai's little sister is one who made a 911 call. Three days straight all by herself. I'm sure Makai was extremely scared, but felt she had to be brave and protect herself by any means necessary. This information hasn't come out in the media just yet, but the investigation is done properly and there's, a, and there's transparency. You all will hear all about it. Had the cop tased her or simply attempted to stop her from stabbing the girl, he could have found that out, and that's why he, along with the foster mother and all the adults involved, are at fault. And that's all I have to say about that. And quote, unquote, unquote. So that's just to give you a little context of what was going on. Well, yeah, I mean, I understand the context is that she needed a knife to protect herself. Police officer comes up, sees a person about to stab somebody, and his first thought is, "I need to, I need to protect lives. I shoot." Which, again, which I was talking about you know, some minutes earlier, training. Why is it that the police officers don't have any kind of de-escalation training? You deal with 10 situations. 
you should know how to de-escalate them. Mm -hmm. You should have some crisis intervention. This is a person who was distressed. And granted, you're a cop coming on the scene. You you hear there is a disturbance. Why is your first inclination is pull out gun, put bullets in? Because she was shot four times. I think even if you have to shoot somebody, one is way more than necessary. But to pull the trigger four times, so I got to make sure I put her down before you know what the actual situation is. Right. It shows a lack of training. It does. And, and when I seen the video of CNN breaking the video down and, and showing it in slow motion, you see Micaiah with the knife when the officer, this is, I think it's taken from the officer's body, body camp. Yeah. So you see her cocking back with the knife and about to stab or cut, strike the this, this girl in the video was wearing pink. So when they when they showed him the video like that, and I don't know how, and I guess this might this might how the cops might have saw it was, oh she's about to strike, I need to take her down. Yes, I agree with you. One shot it should be more than enough to get somebody to kind of like wise up, back the fuck off, to put to put her down, to, to use four shots to put her down, and not know what's going on, not knowing you know is this the person that called nine one one? Is not the person you know what's going on? And you had two other officers there as well. Yeah, like I said, so the easy could have kind of maybe you know separated everybody. Yeah, from the amount of time I can't I can't quite remember the amount of time that passed from the moment the officer was on the scene to the moment that he shot her mm -hmm. was barely thirty seconds. It, so he's popped up, hopped out, and oh shit, shoot! Barely thirty seconds. Again, I understand you're in a tense situation, and a few seconds can make it break life or death. But the fact of the matter is, the inclination that it always comes into play here is. Grab gun, put bullets in, find out later. Like I told you, I, I had an incident with a, when the police officer pulled a gun on me because I was running down the street. Right. He was confused about the situation. He pulled out his gun. I'm like, what the fuck? So I was going to put two in you and ask questions later. Because the first inclination is pull gun, shoot. Right. Thing drop, then I figure out what's going on. Well, he ran a bone. <laughs> what he ran a bone? You he said, yeah, I'm, I'm too old for all that wrestling shit. I'm going to put two in you and I'll... Ask questions later. Sprinkle some crack on. <laughs> right. Might as well have. <laughs> and that's the same thing that happened with, you know, so with the Micaiah Bryant situation. The cops, he gets on the scene. He he knows that there's a, a disturbance, a fight, some violence. He gets right. on the scene. He sees somebody with a knife. His first thought is, put down, and then I'll figure out what's going on. And then it's like, you can't, like, it's, it's in the movies all the time. The, the, the thing pops in my mind you said that is the scene in Bad Boys 2. When, they, when Will Smith and Martin lost that shootout with the Haitians in the house. Yeah. And after the shootout, Martin asked Will, let's ask him. We can't because he got a fucking bullet in his head. Let's ask him. Oh, no, nah, he shot the fuck up here, uh, you know, Mike Lowry. So it's the, and that's in, in that same contest, it's like, what happened? Oh, I can't talk. I'm dead. Right. You can't you can't get an idea of what the situation is because you you came in guns a blazing. Exactly. And when you say de-escalating training... You know, you work. You worked at a, a group home. So I've worked at several group homes, and I worked at Shepherd Pratt's day school. And we had that's fucking crazy. <laughs> we had to have crisis intervention. We had to have de-escalation training because the last thing we wanted to do was get lawsuits for us beating up on people's <laughs> mentally disturbed children. So, so we had to have hours and hours and hours worth of de-escalation training so that when it because kids go the see these kids would go the fuck off you could 
at any point in time have a kid just snap mm-hmm. and want to destroy a room and want to hurt people. So we needed to be able to de-escalate them without hurting them. And we had tactics that we called non-aggressive takedowns where we would use multiple people to take down a person without hurting them or ourselves. Okay. Because the last thing we wanted to do was to be hurting somebody's kids. I mean, I wish you think you did, you know, when you when you worked at the group home. <sighs> Shit. Oh, my God. They were... Now, was this, was this uh, house of training? Was like you would do this like every... Every month, every two weeks, or so. Yeah, it starts out with you know you have the initial training, and then that would go on for a couple of weeks, and then you would come back every few months and do more training, okay. and do have refresher courses and do more training. Okay. So we had to constantly keep up to date with this training because again, the last thing you want, and as big as I am, the last thing they want is me beating on somebody's kid <laughs> to calm them the fuck down. Show sure enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> now you know I'm the master. <laughs> so, so yeah, and, and police officers don't get don't get crisis intervention de-escalation training. So is it safe to say that you with your, your with your what's your degree in again? My degree's in computer science. Your degree in computer science. That you also have more crisis training than a, a Baltimore police officer that that's probably two years in. I probably have more than somebody who's ten years in. Damn, <laughs> pay the man. <laughs> so we, we say that we say all this and we we, poke, we make little jokes about a make light situation, but what happened was was definitely not fun. What our point is to make is why is this not something that is constant in the police force when you had a job and there was there's not saying that those kids weren't a threat per se. They could have they could have. Oh, I mean, we had plenty who were definitely a threat. Yeah. But you had the, the the proper training to handle them and to de-escalate the situation. A police officer has a gun, but why is that the first thing you pop out with? And I, and, I, and again, I understand he look. I'm looking from the cop's point of view. Too, yeah, you know, heat of the moment. You don't know what's going on. Exactly. You see a person with a weapon. Yeah, and it's like, do you let him stab the girl, or do you let him, do you let her stab the girl up, and then take her down? Then that girl might have died from my injuries, or she's severely wounded. Or do you take out the, you take out the person with the weapon, even though she's even though she's the one who's trying to protect herself. He does not know that in that moment. Well, you know, you figure out there has to be some other means to stop this incident from occurring, other than put bullets in, put bullets in back. A couple arguments. There's a lot of arguments people are making. One is that you know, it has to be a better way of us. Well, a better way for the police to handle dealing with children. You know, in in, in hostile situations. If Kyle Rittenhouse can walk around AR-15, shoot, kill two people, wound another. They give him a bottle of water, and yet he doesn't get arrested until the next day. And then Dylan Roof kills nine people in a church. You you put a, you you carry he he doesn't he doesn't get shot at. Why is it that we are not given that same? I don't say reasonable, even reasonable benefit of a doubt. Why are we not given that same courtesy? Said again. I mean, granted, all what's such- in the training that says black people scary no matter what, dangerous no matter what. White people always friendly. Like, and, and as a matter of fact, I won't even say that it's white people always friendly because there are a number of white folks who get shot and killed by the police they do. unjustly. The fact of the matter is, is that these interactions happen at a higher percentage for black people than they do for white people. Not to say that they don't happen because they definitely do, right. but they happen at a higher percentage for black people. And and as I was saying again, it has to do with training and the policies in place for police officers. All of it needs to be reformed, revisited, thrown the fuck out the water, restructured. 
because you can't just assume that, <clears throat> all right, if we, like a Derek Chauvin, we hold one police officer, we, here, look, he's going to jail. Everything's great. But the system is that it causes this shit to happen is still in place. Exactly. It changes nothing. Right. That's what I was telling my mother pretty much that how can you make changes or expect change when the system is still in place that's so corrupt? The way it's designed, it was it was built to last damn near what centuries almost, it seems like. But what do you do? Do you you you, you had you, yes, you should vote and you should vote for people that probably have a, a fresher mindset. Or a little younger, then you know, especially to know the community and understand the struggles of that community, things like that. There's too many politicians, I think, in office right now. They're just too out of touch. Yeah, I mean, well, that's definitely the case, but it's not even a politician thing. It's the people, because you might think the politicians are in control of the police force, but they're really not. The police, like I said earlier, the police unions are one of the most powerful unions in America. So that the restructuring has to start from there and work its way around. Yeah, because I remember reading about the officer that killed Eric Gardner in New York. It took them, I think, like five, six years to get that officer out the force. And the police commissioner was willing to fire him. But the holdup was the, was the police union. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And the police union was, was, was well, I guess they had some kind of back and forth with whoever whether or not they should fire him, I guess his representative was, was fighting for him all that time. But the, the police chief was like, yeah, well, and, I, I mean, and, and I, I do, I respect unions. They, they do serve a purpose and you always want your union to come to bat for you. But in situations like that, the union should just say, fuck you. You make it all of us look bad. But that's, that's a story for another time. Yeah. Yeah. These I just know, man. One thing: these these shooters again, they they are an emotional toll on me because they happen. They're happening so frequent, and like I can't watch Micaiah Bryan video, you know, after after a couple of days because it was just like the verdict for Derek Chauvin just came out, and I was like, Shh. well, he he's found guilty, and then that happened, and then it was like a couple of days before a week before, you had Dante Wright was uh, was shot and killed. You had eight people die that were at FedEx. Yeah, mass shooting at FedEx. Right. But it's just it's just so much that's happening. And then, of course, coronavirus taking out. I mean, for yeah, at least for the first part of that, America has to address its obsession and love of guns. Mm-hmm. At some point, we, we have to address it. Why we are so in love with guns that we just accept all of these things. I think it was a year or two ago in New Zealand had a had a mass shooting at the mosque. Yeah, Christchurch yeah. shooting. And they voted to remove assault. They banned, banned all assault rifles. Yep. Just said, you use that weapon to kill a bunch of people, you no longer get that weapon. But again, America <coughs> has a love affair with guns. So we'll but, continue to see more and more shootings until we address our love affair with guns. Right. And do you need a Tech 9 to go hunting? No. Do you need an AR-15 to go hunting? No, yeah. I mean, now, if you want to, you want to, you want to hit the block and what that bitch up, then yeah, that's what you want to use. I mean, I mean, that's what they're specifically used for. They right. were not made for killing animals; they were made for killing people. They, the human animal, right? We, we got to put a better policy in place. We got to take down the old system, put in a better one that benefits both sides. And I don't see what's wrong with both sides benefiting. You know, people and the police. When something happens or just a new system period is in place. And again, we, we, we have to address all our affair with guns and the failures of the policing system that we have in America. 
because it has failed. It's not equal for all. It's not even equal for most. <laughs> so the policing system has failed, and that needs to be addressed before we can ever move forward. Yeah, it's not even protected. It's not even kept and served anymore. Whatever that was, I don't know when they were kept and served. <laughs> oh, I mean, granted, there was already. I think I think the case went to Supreme Court where they said they they sided with the police that they don't have to protect. That's that's already been very well established that they don't have to protect you. They just use protect and serve because that was just the old motto. One thing I'll I'll leave I'll I'll leave off on this: How can we trust the police, or how can we trust a system like the police that was built off rounding up slaves and hunting slaves? See, I would say things tend to evolve all the time. So the thing that you started out with and started out being does not have to be the thing that you end as. We see that all the time in history. The thing that you started out with does not have to be the thing that you end as. But if you don't address what you started out as and address how that still affects you to this day, then it's kind of hard to move forward from it. And that is one thing with policing. We don't address the origins of policing. We don't address how it is those origins still affect how it plays out today. And until we do, and just blow it all away and start fresh, start with better ideas, because we have them, then we won't progress, and policing will still be as terrible as it's always been in America. I agree with you there 100%. So, thank you for discussing these topics with me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't, please do. Go ahead and sign us out, Stefan. That's the end of our show. And as always, you can check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. That's the show. Peace out. Peace.